okay? It's about to get down, uh-huh. Cause it's Friday night, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, on the Friday. yeah, 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 it's Friday night, and the time is right. Up and now, get a cat, cause it's about the time. This is about to go down like it's party time. So you move, this is right, cause it's party time. Yeah, it's Friday night, and the time is right. And we're about to get down, cause it's show time. Yeah, it's show time, and it's party time. Let's have some fun, and it's show night. Yes. All right, welcome to week number 164 of the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Stephen. That over there is Travis. How was your Halloween, Hello, Travis? Steve. I, I got Steve, a, happy. I got a question before you did. It was on purpose. Oh, uh, I, I didn't hear your question. I was just saying hello. I was just saying, how was your Halloween? It was good, man. Hung out at your house and uh, went, to, went to your Halloween party on Saturday and then came back for some trick-or-treating on Monday. To do lots that. of cute, Lots of cute kids. My kid was cute. Your kid was cute. Lots of stuff. Lots of good stuff. How was your Halloween? Uh, good. I did not go trick or treating. I stayed at the house and handed out candy, which was a good call because uh, five minutes after you guys left, someone posted a Facebook video of a whole bunch of kids just dumping their bucket into their bags uh, on the ring camera, and I was like, "Good thing I'm here." And then ten minutes later, they came to our house. Kids will be kids. They will be kids, and uh, I ha- will have candy for all of them now. There you go. Uh, welcome everyone. If it's your first time, we are a TGIF podcast. We go back, we watch all those shows that you love so much back from the, uh, late eighties, early nineties. We're 92 right now. Cause we're watching it exactly 30 years after theirs. Yeah. 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 We would have been watching stuff, uh, from uh, blah, 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 November 6, 1992. Yep. So we're back in November. I mean, that's what it is now. That's what it was 30 yep. years ago. It was also November. And, uh, thanks to guru for the theme song this week. Thank you, Guru. That was kind of you. Uh, if you want to send in your own song, do that. Uh, email us, tgifcast at gmail.com. And we are on all social media at tgifcast. And that now includes YouTube. Yeah, at tgifcast is our is our handle, yeah, our YouTube we, handle. We've been on YouTube forever, but now it's like officially that because they changed things finally. We have, Yeah, we have a handle. Um... So looking back on that week in November of 92, this is something we like to do. We like to see what was going on in the world. Uh, November the 3rd, 1992, uh, two things happened. And I feel like maybe one of them was intentional, but uh, Bill Clinton (laughs) was elected uh, president, 92. For the first time, sure. And Rage Against the Machine's first album came out on that very same day. That's, I think that that's more coincidental than you're probably giving it credit. Well, I, they're a very I, political band, and I feel no, like they no, no, probably no, no. were I'm like, sure. we're going to put this out on election yeah, yeah, day. Yeah. On election day. You're right. But I, I don't think it had anything to do specifically with Bill Clinton. No, uh, they didn't which know was who what won. I thinking, But you're right. You're right. I, I, I'm positive that it was, especially because election day was a Tuesday. And back then, did, well, did albums come out on Tuesdays back then? I think they might have. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think they did. So, so that's so, what I got for news. What about movies? I just saw them up in DC. It was a good show. Was, were they good? Yeah. They were. They were. That's good. Yep. Movies uh, and music? Nothing. No changes. Under Siege, still number one. Uh, and End of the Road. So close. So close. But not yet. Is it next uh, week? Because I know a song that came out this week. Uh, It is not quite All this right. next week. I think I might know so, what it might I, be. Well, but we'll next see. Song, the next song on the list is... No. Um, I remember it clearly. It was a song that I enjoyed, but I'm not sure how many other people... Okay, I'm sure then I'm like, totally wrong. It was not a song from a movie then. No, it wasn't. And I, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know. We'll get we'll get to it in a couple of weeks, but I'm not sure how memorable the next number 1 song actually is. It's from a TV show, not a movie, but 
I don't know. Was we'll it see. the uh, theme song for dinosaurs? Was you it, mean the was it the rap? You know, the, the baby, the I'm, baby a, I'm a dinosaur, I'm a baby, whatever. No, it no. wasn't. Uh, also, happy birthday, Belina Moreno, uh, Rita from Perfect Strangers. I still got to get the uh, Camp Wilder kids on here. Uh, her birthday, though, November 1st, Tuesday. Happy birthday, Belina. Yeah, I really hope we didn't miss uh, Beth's birthday while you were at this. Or Sophie's birthday because they just did the episode with her birthday. Yeah. We'll see. It'll happen we'll see. at some point. Yep. Uh, I'll do it this weekend. I so, yeah, brand new episodes. We've got four of them. We're starting off at 8 o'clock. It's Family Matters Season 4, Episode 7, correct? I think it's 7. Uh, the numbers are messed up online, but I think we're one ahead of what they are. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. We'll go 7. An officer and seven. a Waldo. That's the important part. Make sure that you are uh, watching along with that one. And it starts off, we've got uh, Eddie who is uh, followed inside by Vonda, Laura, and Steve. Is this the first time we get Vonda, or has she been on there before? Vonda's been on a number of times. Okay, she's been on there before. Um, And they just got home from a movie. We found out that uh, it was a... I guess Eddie and Vonda were on a date there. Laura kind of went on her own. And then (laughs) Steve just decided to show up and sit right by Laura and call it a date himself. Yeah, good old double date. He's trying. He's trying. Eddie and Vonda get comfortable on the couch, start kissing a little bit. Well, comfortable is is Vonda sitting on Eddie's lap. Yeah. And uh, Steve kind of follows the idea and then goes and sits on Laura's app. (laughs) Lap. What did I say? App. App. And then pushes him on the floor. Um, She then says, uh, Steve Urkel, you are the most annoying human being I have ever met. And she leaves the room and then Steve is real excited (laughs) Says you heard her. She just used the phrase "human being." She's mine. Steve is Steve is really good at um, at finding that silver lining. You know. Yeah, for sure. All right. So theme song. We kind of continue right where we're at. Uh, Waldo comes in the door. Uh, Eddie's trying to get him to leave because he's trying to make out with Vonda, and uh, he's not getting the hint though. And eventually, um, tells Waldo that uh, you see that girl over there. She would love to be kissed right now, but uh, <laughs> instead of Waldo getting the idea of Eddie wanting to kiss her, Waldo goes over and kisses Vonda. <laughs> Waldo is wild. He's wild. Um, she gets disgusted, runs out of the house. Eddie gets mad at Waldo, calls him an idiot, and then uh, sad Waldo leaves because he, yeah. he does not Waldo like gets... being called names by his best friend. No, he gets real upset. So uh, the next scene, we've got uh, Carl in the kitchen. He's uh, fixing the ice machine on the freezer. Uh, Richie's eating all the popsicles in the freezer because he has to, because if How not, they're just going to melt. Yet? How is he not? There's like seven wrappers on the counter already. How is he not sick? Eh, I don't know. Maybe, I don't think he gets sick off of seven popsicles. Maybe a bad uh, brain freeze. But uh, anyways, uh, Rachel and Harriet come down. Uh, they start teasing uh, Carl for not being able to fix anything. Carl, of course, gets mad at them, says uh, he doesn't need a repairman, and he's already fixed the ice machine himself. And then... Yeah, and then he goes and shows it off, shows how it's working, and instead of uh, the ice coming out of the... Ma- well, it comes out of the machine. It just comes out at rapid pace, shooting across High the velocity, room, yeah. hitting the plates that are set up above the uh, windows. The windows themselves, I don't think, were breaking. It was just all the plates, right? Yeah, yeah, because I'm sure the plates are a lot easier to replace than the window panes and the set yeah so um 
Do you think, think they're gonna milk this joke, this whole like Carl can't fix things until like the end season of time eight, through season nine? Yeah. I mean, we've had it since season one already, right? It's like every four or five, like on a clockwork, like every four or five episodes, there's a joke about how Carl can't, like not just a joke, but a whole gag about how Carl can't fix something. Yeah. So the next scene, uh, we've got Eddie on the phone with Vonda trying to apologize for Waldo kissing her. Steve shows up. Uh, immediately just hangs up the phone that Eddie's on and tells Eddie, Eddie, we've got to help Waldo. He's at Fort McGee. He just joined the army. Oh no. That Yeah, that's bad. So they have, that's where we're going to head now. So now we're at Fort McGee. Uh, they show Waldo first, uh, writing a letter to his mom, which, uh, he's not putting together very well. He does have kind of a little bit of a rhyming thing going on though with it. Well, it's, I think it's a song. Is it just a so- song lyrics? I think so. Okay. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I, sh- I meant to Google this. It's okay. Um, uh, then uh, Steve and Eddie show up. They're in full camo. They're trying to go undercover to go talk to Waldo to get him out of the army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Okay, so you're in the army now. It's a song from the 40s, um, early 40s, performed by Abe Lyman and his Californians. Um, vocals by the chorus, evidently. So Waldo's uh, writing this letter to his mom and really just writing down the lyrics the of the lyrics, song. The lyrics of this song, yeah. All right, so... Um, Eddie and Steve are trying to sneak in, dressed in camo. They get caught, though, trying to blend in, and uh, immediately there's trouble because uh, Steve Urkel knocks into one of the other guys in the platoon, who then drops a grenade. The uh, sergeant <laughs> is quick enough to throw it out the window, though, but the great grenade explodes, almost killing everyone in there. couple things here. First of all, super impressed that Urkel and Eddie were able to sneak onto an army base uh, and get their hands on some of these these outfits. Second, the sergeant you might recognize as Tackleberry from the Police Academy franchise. Oh, okay. Uh, David David Graff. And third, how do you how do you accidentally set off a grenade? How does that happen? How do you accidentally set off a grenade? I mean, if you're holding it by the pin and then you get bumped into, maybe you're just a like twirling to pull out the twirling pin. grenades around. It just seems a little bit wild. Third, uh, fourthly, uh, the guy you might remember, Mister Mister Juan Pope. We've seen him quite a bit lately. He was an orderly in the last episode. He was the one that I mentioned. Which guy is this? He was one of he was just one of the recruits. Okay, uh, and so he was an orderly in the last episode, and then he was he was chain chains, I think, and and the uh, and that that pool episode from a couple seasons ago we talked about. Do you have a favorite grenade scene from any show or movie? Anything stick out to you? Is this your number one now? No, this is not my number one. It's even this would be my last if there was a. I have, a, go, I have a go-to. I feel like there is a good one that, I, for whatever reason, I, is not coming to my mind right now. I'll Go give, ahead. I'll give yours? you mine. Child's Play yeah. 3. Okay. Uh, Chucky throws a grenade, and then the like nerdy army guy actually jumps on top of it and saves the entire platoon. Good Kill, for him. Kills himself, but uh, it's, it's, pretty, right. it's a pretty good scene. Good, good. All right, so commercial break. We come back. We now find out this guy's name is Sergeant Robert Shiska. And uh, he starts questioning Eddie and Steve, like, how they got on there. What are they doing? And uh, Steve's like, oh, you know what? They probably just messed up the paperwork. And uh, at this time, too, the sergeant is getting real annoyed with Steve. I mean, Steve's just being Steve, but... Uh, well, you're not going to point out what Steve points out to everybody? What does he about, point out? About the name Robert Shiska? What does he say again? That it's just Shiska Bob backwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is it, <laughs> no, though? I don't it think is. it's anywhere close. Yeah, Robert. Robert. Bob is short for Robert. Shiska. Bob. Oh, 
Kind of, I guess. Um, Definitely. hundred. He's 100% right. If you switch the words, it's shish kebab. It's not backwards. No, no, no. That's what he said. He said backwards. No, yeah, but then it would that. be like akashika bar. I knew what he meant, and that wasn't it. So um, they try to get private time with Private Waldo, which they do a little joke there, and uh, Sergeant doesn't let him have it. Instead, he lines up everyone, goes over like the rules and the expectations of his platoon, and then uh, you can tell that he's just getting real frustrated with uh, with Steve, everything that he's doing. Uh, he's trying to like, Steve's like trying to stay at attention, but every time the sergeant walks by him, he's like taking a deep breath and like folding over because he can't do it. And at this point, he gets so mad, he tells Steve to uh, get on the ground and do 50 push-ups. Right. And of course, Steve only gets three of them done. Uh, the sergeant then tells the group, you know what, everyone, you guys need to walk do a hike now 20 miles wearing your pack full of gear and it's all thanks to uh your partner here steve urkel and an hour later they're back after 20 miles yep they're back um no it's one more scene before we get back um we go back to the house uh the actual repairman is finishing up the uh, ice maker tells uh harriet it's 285 dollars and she's uh he's kind of like playing well not playing he's he's real misogynistic about it yeah perfect he yes that she's got he knows that she has to talk to her husband that that she can't make that decision herself that her husband controls all the money in the house and that that he'll wait while she does that that's my robot vacuum cleaner i think i'm gonna turn it off i robot um tell us uh what happens when they get back from the hike real quick well, first of all, we'll just say that Harriet is not happy with this man and, uh, and you know, just kind of gets him out of the house and is very unfriendly to him, understandably. So they get back to the base. Uh, the, we're back at the base with the with the army crews. They get back from their hike. Eddie, Waldo, they come in first. They're exhausted. They're pretty much holding each other up. Urkel comes in with what's got to be the biggest backpack of anybody in the group. Yeah, it's like they it's gave comically large. three people's backpacks to him and have made him carry everything. Yeah, and he is, he's a mess. He's just a straight up mess. Yeah, and uh, the sergeant's giving uh, Steve a real hard time, and Eddie tries to defend Steve to the sergeant, get him to lay off Steve a little bit, but uh, it doesn't work. The sergeant says the platoon's going to dinner, and uh, he leaves Eddie, Waldo, and Steve behind to uh, not only scrub the floors, but with toothbrushes. I mean, this is pretty. this is pretty standard, you know, military drill sergeant gag here i believe yep but uh leaving them alone to do that does uh give them the chance to tell waldo that he doesn't need to join the army uh eddie apologizes for everything happened for calling him an idiot and uh waldo kind of breaks down and tell tells eddie how much it hurts him to hear something like that from his best friend but he does accept the apology from eddie right and now comes the part that i was waiting for as soon as they said he joined the army which was, what's their plan to get him out? Because you can't just walk on the base and say, all right, I'm done. I'm leaving. Yeah, so we mentioned, too, Steve like falls asleep during this whole conversation. They wake him up. Um, Steve thinks that uh, it's going to be real hard to get out of there, but then we find yep. out that Waldo never even signed any papers. He just saw a real <laughs> long line, got in the back of it, and that's how he joined. Just got in the line. So three of them head out. That's the end of the episode. We do get a uh, little bonus scene, though, during the credits where uh, they're doing like some, I don't know what to call it, ROTC, like gun twirling yeah, stuff. It's, it's a, there's a name for this kind of thing. I don't know what it is, but like a gun routine. Yeah, they're twirling guns. Uh, I thought it was just kind of like to show off that that like Eddie and Steve and Waldo had learned how to do all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, they were doing, it, it 
seemed impressive to me who doesn't know anything about these kind of things. But they throw a little comedy in there. Steve drops the gun, kills everyone in the platoon. <laughs> everyone just gets shot. Yep. So uh, 8.30, it's Step by Step, Season 2, Episode 8. Uh, Someone to Watch Over Me is the name of the episode. And it starts off, we've got breakfast going on in the uh, kitchen. We find out Carol's leaving. She's got this uh, beauty convention that she's going to. And she tells uh, her kids, the three of them are in there, that uh, Frank is in charge while they leave. And, of course, Dana is throwing the biggest fit. They all are. They're all throwing a fit. Calls Frank uh, a chimpanzee. And as as she's doing this, uh, Frank walks in, stands behind her, and uh, hears the entire thing. Yes. So... We uh, come back after the theme song to uh, Dana walking into the kitchen as uh, Frank is cooking. She's not impressed by his cooking, as you immediately find out. And she tries to apologize to him for what happened earlier and then starts sucking up to him because we know immediately that she wants something from Frank. Yeah, she you can tell she moves into it real, real quick. She wants something. Yep. She uh, asks Frank if she can go out with this guy. He's like 19 years old. He eventually well, she doesn't. She doesn't. Oh, well, he does. She does say that at first because he does say that's not too bad. I don't, that's not a big deal. Yeah. He tells her, yes, that he trusts her. And then uh, she tells him that uh, he might actually know the guy because he's in construction. His name is uh, Mike. Is it Waters or Walters? Walters. Mike Walters and Frank immediately knows this name. This guy's got a reputation, and uh, he tells Dana that he does not want her going out with him. Yeah, he is known as Mike the Mover. Did you? So he also gave her initially. He gave her a midnight curfew. Do you think that's late for like a yeah. 15, 14, 15 year old? Yeah, a, real. I late. don't know if it's a school night, but it's late, right? Like that's not just me. I mean, I think me. like well, is at least where we grew up. Like you had to be home by eleven. I think if you were under eighteen. I think you're right. Yeah. It's like 11 o'clock. Like that was like a mandated curfew. Yeah, I was never, yeah, I mean, I was never out that late yeah. in high school. But I, I was. Laser tag. Causing trouble. Yeah. Um, so Dana, of course, tries to make uh, Frank feel bad and how she's like, you don't trust me. And then eventually tells her that she can go. Well, she does this whole thing. She does this whole thing where she like trips him up on his words, gets him to kind of acknowledge that he said one thing and now he's going back on that and that's not what he meant but he meant this and then she closes with like thank you your honor or whatever and i was like she's just practicing for her future, yeah. her, her future job i was watching it too and i'm like hey did you know she's a lawyer now and then yeah my wife exactly. said nope i was like all right um so next scene uh we've got jt now asking for something uh, i i don't I, I was kind of falling asleep, I think, but... Uh... <laughs> he, he asks if he can borrow the car. He wants to go bowling with his friends. Okay. He asks if he can borrow the car. Frank says, yep, but tomorrow you need to wash it and wax it. JT's like, no problem. I'll do that. Yeah, and he even gives him the money to go get the wax. He's like, here's 15 bucks. There's this one kind of wax, the only kind of wax that I trust. Royal Canuba. That's all. It, it's got to be Royal Canuba. And uh, here's the money to buy it. So yep. um, he's like, cool, I'll do it. Cody comes in. Uh, he's looking for Dana. And this is where Frank breaks the bad news to uh, Cody that, uh, I'm sorry, Cody, she's on a date with another guy. Um, well, not just that, but that she's on a Frank with Mike, or on a date with Mike Walters. And of course, Cody knows who that is as well, because he does construction with Frank. Yep. And he tells them that they went out to uh, make out point, but make out point is no longer make out point. It is now called Suck Face Hill. <laughs> way less, way less poetic, way less poetic. <laughs> 
Uh, Karen gets home. She talks about it was the best day ever because there were two guys fighting over her at the movies. Not only that, Dana's going on a date with a hot guy at Suckface Hill, and then Frank and Cody look at each other and run out to go save Dana. Oh, man. So that's where we're at the next scene. We are at Suckface Hill. Uh, Mike and Dana are in a car. They're kissing already. Uh, Frank and Cody pull up. They turn off the lights, and uh, they can see. They have a perfect, well, a pretty perfect well, view. I think well, Cody probably has a good view. And let's back up a little bit. So as they're leaving the house, they do make a comment to just drive through the, the some guy's farm to get to Suckface Hill because it'll be faster. And when they, when they roll up, the front of Cody's van is covered in bushes there's a broad you know clothesline stuff there's there's stuff all over the I mean, front of to me it was perfect camouflage like the, it, they're now hidden i agree with you i i 100 agree with you uh the but you're right they do a pretty good view cody's got a good view frank's view is a little bit lacking so yeah frank's complaining about his view he's like you know what i need yeah. to get a little bit closer so um Cody gives him a couple suggestions, like maybe you can climb a tree or maybe you could get in a beaver suit and pretend that you're building a dam and then just go on over there. But he's like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to go climb the tree. I'll climb the tree. So uh, they go back over to uh, Mike, who's offering Dana his jacket. They continue to suck face. Uh, Cody um, hoists Frank up into this tree. Uh, Frank starts to climb. Cody has to go back to the van real quick, but ends up getting up the tree. And they check back in with Dana, who calls Mike a nice guy. And uh, he, she says, the stories that I heard are not true. He, no, no. Mike says that. Oh, Mike says, he's that, like, Mike says, yeah, I know the rumors, but you can't believe those. I work in construction. It's guys just being guys. It's not true. Uh, more sucking face ensues. Uh, Frank gets a little closer. He's now like overhead of them and ends up falling from the branch. <laughs> <laughs> right sitting up in the back seat of their car and uh of course tries to play it off but of course well i mean yeah doesn't but he work. knows that that's not a real thing yep so uh next scene we're back at the house uh frank is on the phone with carol dana comes in gets real mad at frank yells at him for embarrassing her for not trusting her and tells him to stay out of her life get out of here and she should be mad that's fair I, i'm with dana here i'm not what they Frank knew. They knew go. what he was getting in. What she was getting into. Frank let her go. Frank gave her permission. This is. They made a bad so, decision letting her go, and they are doing the right thing, saving her from possibly. Saving much her worse. would have been rolling up there, walking up to the car, and and confronting them like a human being, not climbing on a branch over a tree, falling into the car like a like an oof. All right, fair enough. Uh, so the next day, we're now in the backyard. Uh, Al, Mark, Brendan are all back there. They're playing football. Uh, JT comes in and shows them, look what I did. I didn't spend 15 bucks on this wax. I found this 89-cent wax, and I just made 14 bucks. And Brendan's like, well, can I help? Um, and then he actually pays Brendan a <laughs> dollar to wax the car. So he's just getting 13 bucks for doing absolutely nothing while he made this money off the wax and is getting Brendan to do all of the work. Doesn't JT watch sitcoms? Doesn't he know how this is going to end? Uh, we'll find out. So a little later, uh, we've got JT and Cody watching wrestling in the living room. Wrestling. Uh, JT and Cody are talking about Dana and Mike, and Cody's sad about the whole thing. And then JT tells Cody, you need to stop. There's yeah. other girls out there. Dana doesn't like you. She's never going to like you. There's plenty of other choices out there. So 
you need to give up on her. And Cody's like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to get out there and, and turn this whole thing around. And JT's like yelling at Cody at this point too. He's like, she doesn't like you. <laughs> and eventually that's enough. So that's um, enough. Brendan tells JT that uh, he's done with the truck. He's done waxing it. And uh does sound like something went wrong though. Cause Brendan's not even trying to get this money out of it. <laughs> he's like, JT keep the dollar. Anymore. I'll see you later. Yeah, so they go into the backyard, they look at the truck, and this 89-cent wax has uh, not only done a horrible job, it has peeled the paint off everywhere that Brennan has put it on. Of course, JT's like, well, why did you keep going? He's like, I thought it would just get better, but... Poor Brendan. No. Um, So JT gets mad at Brendan, but as this is happening, Frank gets home, and JT immediately tells him the truth. He's like, look, I did this, I bought the wax, I paid him a dollar to do it, and... uh, it's not good enough. Frank gets real mad and uh, tells JT that it's going to cost $500. He's the one paying for it for a new paint job. And uh, yeah, he's mad. I mean, JT realizes he has no option here. He can't lie his way out of this one. And honestly, he probably thought that he was going to impress his dad by showing how like how he was trying to be you know, industrious. However, it didn't work. I think he could have lied his way out of it, probably. How? I got. I bought the right wax, and it and there must have been something wrong with it. And then you show, you know, the clearly the wrong wax is is like sitting there on the counter. Or like I don't know, like I I, I was them. driving, and I, I drove into the parking garage, the bowling alley, and they must have been painting or something. And this white paint got all over your car, and I tried to clean it up, but I couldn't do it. Sounds good to me. I don't know about all that. Uh, a little later, Mike comes over to the house. Uh, yeah, Mike's there, and Dana invites him in. Mike immediately kisses her, and they start making out on the couch. And Mike has higher expectations as he's trying to get her up in her room. This Mike, like the mover, begging her, pulling her, yeah. dragging her up to her room. Yeah. So Mike, the mover, is exactly what Frank and Cody said he was. But um, Dana holds her own. Um, Mike keeps pushing and she eventually kicks him out of the house where Frank is there opening the door at the same time. Um, he's gone. Mike's gone. And, uh, Dana, of course, is real upset about the whole thing. Like she's crying. Um, she tells Frank that he was right, that Mike's a jerk. But, uh, Frank tells Dana that he, that she was right, that, uh, she can stick up for herself, that, he can trust her. She knows what she's doing and uh, she can take care of herself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good moral here. It's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, things didn't go the way they were that you wanted them to. Yes. I was right about Mike, but you proved to me that you can handle yourself. And that is the most important part of all of this. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's the episode ends right there. And then uh, we do get a credit scene of Al teaching Mark how to throw a baseball. Uh, JT steps in to show how to do it ends up throwing the baseball through Frank's windshield right after he got the whole thing painted. So now he's going to owe even more money for this windshield. Seriously, does JT not watch sitcoms? <laughs> I mean, Come on, man. Yeah. Throw a baseball right at the car that you just got in trouble for destroying and has just been fixed and is in beautiful condition. Your dad is dusting it with, with like a fine tooth comb. Come on, man. JT will learn one day. Watch watch some TV. Maybe not. 
All right. Uh, Nine o'clock. It's Dinosaurs, season three, episode six. Germ Warfare is the name of this episode. And I really fell asleep during this episode. And I don't know if I caught everything. But uh, it starts off. We've got Fred in the kitchen. She's paying some bills. Uh, Earl's complaining about all the money and everything. And then Fran gets a uh, a phone bill, which uh-huh. it's funny because Earl reads it and he's like, what, how much money is it? <laughs> I, I almost wrote it down, but he reads the phone number as he's the like, dollar amount. The phone bill is four billion three hundred eighty-nine million. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, that's the phone number. The phone bill is what, like three hundred dollars or something. Three hundred dollars, yeah, yeah. And uh, immediately, Fran blames Ethel for the phone bill, saying she likes to. Call I don't want to say she blames her. I don't think that's fair. I think she tells Earl that the reason the phone bill is that high is because Ethel talks to her friends. You know, she's old. That's a, that's all really. I she mean, has. Blaming her for it. Blaming implies that that she did something wrong. Something is wrong, and Ethel. She's trying to explain that this is Ethel's kind of only way to connect with people outside the house, and so it is what it is. Yeah. So we get the next scene where, uh, well, real quick though, real quick, there's a back and forth here where, where Carl or Carl Earl's like, she doesn't do anything for the house. She doesn't do anything for the family. She just does nothing, and 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 then they cut to a you know her in the den. She's asleep. She fell asleep mid book that she was reading to baby so yeah and baby's uh trying to like wake her up and get her to uh read him a story and uh uses the technique of spitting his pacifier out to try to like hit her in the face but he misses the pacifier lands by a little hole where a creature comes out and takes it ends up like running up you can like hear it running through the hall or the walls and then like up into the ceiling so Appears like the pacifier might be gone. Um, then uh, I guess ba- Earl baby and starts fussing. Come in, yeah. right? Earl and Frank come in, and because they're still in this conversation, they're going to talk to Ethel. But baby's fussing about wanting a pacifier, but he calls it a, a suck suck toy, suck toy, sucker and toy, suck toy. He's, he's fussing, 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 and to the point where he shakes the house. And when he shakes the house, the pacifier falls down the chimney back to him, and and Earl picks it up. Yeah, and Earl's like, uh, I got to give that a try. Maybe if I hit stuff and yell, I can get a new TV out of this deal, but it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> well, well, his idea, just to clarify, his thought is that the TV will also fall out of the, the chimney because that's where the pacifier yeah. from. So he can just wish for things and they'll appear. Um, then they do this. Uh, these, well, well, Oh, no, the dirty before pacifier. They do the, before they do this, before they do this, Earl's just gonna give the pacifier back to baby, like yeah, any normal five second dad rule. would. Yeah, any normal dad would do that. Most dads would probably put it in their mouth first and then give it back to the baby. Fran's like, no, no, it's dirty. We've got to throw it away, and we'll give him a new one. And then we we cut to this piece where they go one million times magnification on the on the top of the pacifier. Yep, they zoom into these germs. We see uh, a couple of them at this point too. Two germs hanging out, and uh, I think. After they show the germs, then they show Earl give baby the pacifier. And well, the germs are, we, I think it's important to talk. The, the germs are actually like talking germs. Oh, These yeah, are yeah. Talking kind of puppets. And they specifically say, hey, that that little pink one looks like a good one to to infest. Yeah. Uh, Earl tells Fran she worries too much, gives the pacifier to baby. Baby puts the germ pacifier in his mouth. And we'll see where that ends a little bit later. Immediately sneezes. Wakes up at him. Yeah. So, uh little long intro right there before the theme. So now the theme comes on. We come back. It's a little bit later. Uh, baby's sick. Uh, so sick that 
his head is spinning around like the exorcist. <laughs> he's got he's got like sores all over his face. Yeah, and Fran wants Earl to take him to the doctor, but Earl's like, we don't need to take him to the doctor. We can do this. Like the doctor's too expensive. I don't trust the doctor, that kind of thing. Right. But then his head spins around and he growls, and that's when Fran all right. that's when we're taking Earl, him to the doctor. Yeah, Earl's like, all right, fine, we'll do it. So now we're at the doctor's office. Uh, the baby is shivering at this point. Uh, Dr. Ficus comes in and uh, baby's head baby's spins again. Spins. And he kind of like starts giving an exam to baby where eventually at the end of the exam, he gives baby some medicine and says, Take. well, baby also eats the stethoscope. Uh, That's true. During, during the exam. And he's like, Take it. It'll be fine. It's blue. That's his reason. Well, yeah, so yeah, he does recommend this blue medicine, but the other part about the blue medicine is how horribly expensive it is. Thousand $1,000 for this blue magic medicine. Yeah, so we're back at home now. Earl's talking. Oh, and he tells him it'll fix him overnight. He'll be fine tomorrow, next day. No problem. So Earl's talking to Ethel about this medicine and how, um, and Ethel says, you don't need that medicine. What you need to do is you need to go talk to this uh, healer in the woods. That's what I used to always do when I was taking Fran, I guess, to the uh, when she was sick. Yeah, and all you gotta bring him, bring him is is like a pot roast and something else, roast beef Small. and something. Beef. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they struggle giving baby the medicine. Of course, uh, baby doesn't want to talk. Take it, and they end up giving it to him, which then knocks baby out. And we get another zoom into uh, inside of baby, where we see these germs drinking like little cups of medicine and. Uh, <laughs> Start multiplying. It doesn't seem the, like this uh, medicine's working at all. It's actually it's not. It not only is it not working yet, it's making it worse. Yeah, they're drinking it out of like martini glasses. They're just hanging around, having a good old time. Yeah, pretty funny. Um, next scene, uh, we've got Earl talking to Baby. Baby is now looking worse. Is saying things that don't even make sense. And uh, we know that this medicine is definitely not working. Fran well, says. The thing here, too, is that baby starts hallucinating and thinks his family is evil and out to get him. And he's having just these hallucinations of the family in his face just trying to destroy him. Yeah. And Fran, Fran's like, well, maybe the answer is we just get more medicine. And then <laughs> Ethel says, you guys should have gone and talked to that guy in the woods. And then they get like a house call from a doctor. Like the doctor just shows it's up at their Ficus, house. Yeah, Ficus shows up. And uh, he says, well, you can take this orange medicine. It's better than the blue medicine. And it's a little more expensive. And then there's, I think at this point, I don't think I'm jumping ahead. There's like a guy who's like trying to make them sell parts of their house away so they can afford this new medicine. Well, not parts of, but All of, their right? house. Yeah, hey, the reason that they say, they say, that the doctor says that he came is because he said, well, I had to bring the assessor so he could, he could check out the value of your house and the things you have inside your house in order to see if you could you know, qualify for this orange medicine. Yeah. So Earl is now um, freaking out because they can't afford it. Robbie calls them in because uh, the baby is now having like these like hot and cold flashes. Right. Uh, Fran doesn't trust the doctor now. Like The whole doctor thing was Fran's idea in the beginning. Now she doesn't trust the doctor. And Ethel once again chimes in and says, you need to go talk to this guy in the woods. And they agree. And that's where they're going now. Out to the woods. Yep. So we're in the woods. Ethel is showing them the way how to get there. And uh, 
she tells them they have to go like bang on the sacred tree, which they do. And then, I mean, the woods doctor doesn't appear to be very much different than the actual doctor. Like there's a nurse and like a waiting list and all this. Well, stuff. the process doesn't. Yeah. They've got a waiting room. They've got a ner- little nurse dinosaur that pops her head out of the tree. And, and yeah, that's, that's standard, right? Yeah. So they take their spot. Uh, eventually the guy comes out of the woods and tells them, uh, I have a cure. The cure is to eat some moldy bread. This is Zabar, by the way, is the name of the guy in the woods. Zabar is is Dan Cast Castellaneta, who is of course Homer Simpson. Oh. But Z- Zabar is the and he comes out looking like, you know, a is shaman, the voice similar? Like, did you could you hear it? The the Homer no, voice? but he does no. he does a tons of tons of voices. I mean, okay. he does a bunch of the voices on the Simpsons, so I don't expect him to sound okay. Like Homer, gotcha. But same guy. He's a voice actor, you know. So, um, yeah, the doctor's like, well, this guy in the woods, I don't know if you call him a doctor or not, says, eat some moldy bread. Earl gets mad. He's like, that's not a real cure. Ethel says, just give him a chance. So uh, Earl now is just confused. He doesn't trust what anyone's saying, but eventually gives the baby uh, some moldy bread. Yeah, penicillin, right? That's how. Yeah, that's, that's what true. It is. Um, then they show uh, the inside of the baby once again, uh, and it seems to be working. Um the germs are dying. They're going away. And, uh, yeah, they hate it. They're like, we can't be in here with this moldy bread. We'll find somewhere else to go. I don't know who says this, but I wrote, uh, behold, the child is cured. I don't know. Probably, probably maybe the doctor. Yeah. I would imagine Zabar. Yeah. And then, uh, Earl asks, uh, if anyone has a frying pan, cause I need to make sure that, uh, that he actually is cured. Uh, the doctor gives him a frying pan. He hits, Earl over the head, not the mama, and uh, they have now determined baby is cured. Yeah. And then Earl does this like half-ass apology to Ethel that isn't a real apology. but Yeah, well, she kind like of kind apology. of asks for an apology. She's like, is it time for you to thank me now? And he's like, well, uh, I guess so. Uh, yeah. Sorry or something like that. And then um, they argue a little bit back and forth and... Uh, Earl then warns Ethel, you better not get sick because if you do, I'm taking you to an actual doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Just throw her in the tar pit like you were going to in season one. Yeah. So that's it. That's the end of uh, Dinosaurs. We get to our final slot, 930, Camp Wilder, season one, episode eight. Uh, It's a wonderful video is the name of this episode. And uh, it starts off, we've got uh, Ricky who's lying down in a hospital bed. Doctor is telling her that she is pregnant. And she's what? like, there's no way. I can't be pregnant. I haven't been with anyone in a long time. And then we realize as they immediately pull out uh, a baby saying it's a boy, that this is just a dream. Uh, they pull out Brody from between her legs, then a skateboard, then Dorfman, then everyone else, Melissa, Danielle, Melissa, Danielle Beth. Beth. And then, everyone um, except for her real child. Yeah. And then they show... Um, then they like cut out of the dream and show Brody and Dorfman kind of like standing over Ricky on the couch, who's mid dream, and uh, one of them says like, "I wonder what she's dreaming about, chasing cars." But, well, she's kind of got her legs up a little bit, and it like looks moving. like she, yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. So, uh, theme song. We come back to Ricky uh, down coming down to the living room. We find out it's been five years since the last time she had a day to herself. And tonight is that night. She's going to go have a good time. But she's quickly stopped as Sophie tells her, did you forget? It's uh, international day at school. I need you to make me LARB tonight. <laughs> no one knows what LARB is. She doesn't even know where Thailand is. I was thinking about that. I like, I love LARB. I think LARB is great. And 
And I was like, I just look it up on the internet. And then I was, and I went back and I thought, oh, how yeah. do you, how do you, how do you get the recipe for something like larb? In yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you don't have a cook, if you don't have a Thai cookbook, you're not making larb. Right. Like, do you, the, you know, there's or if you don't have a friend call, that would have it. Right. Our, their solution is to call the local Thai restaurant and ask. But I, I don't necessarily think that most restaurants are very giving away the recipes. To out recipes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. It was interesting. I was like, well, how do you get it? Well, Brody Dorfman suggests just ordering it from a Thai restaurant, which makes a lot of sense to me. That's, but I would have done the same thing. Sophie doesn't want to do that because she says it's cheating. And then uh, Melissa walks in in the middle of all this, too, and kind of gets Ricky's approval for a tattoo. Like she does she not get Ricky. No, no, she, she does not. She, she approves not. No. a design, but doesn't tell her what the design is for. <laughs> Melissa just says, hey, Ricky, which one of these designs do you like the best? That's all she says. Eh, There's no approval for it. I said kind of. No, not kind of, not even close to kind of. Uh, Danielle and Beth walk in at this point too. They've got the mail, and uh, one of the things they point out is there's this uh, envelope with a uh, VHS tape inside of it, and and if you watch it, then seven days later, yeah. uh, we find out that this uh, tape in the mail is for a couple high school friends that she had. They're getting married in Paris, and instead of sending everyone out to Paris, they want people to. Make a video message, then send the tape on to the next person and uh, create like a video congratulations thing. Right. And they need it by Monday, which just seems impractical anyways. And the VCR is broken, so she's not going to be doing it. Well, anyways. it's not broken because Brody has fixed it. Brody. And, and so and so, yeah, it's going to work perfectly. Right. It's not like. Well, it's, it's broken situation. right now because the next scene is Brody and Dorfman trying to fix the VCR. No, 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 uh, no, no. You're skipping apart. You're skipping apart. So Brody's like, I just fixed the VCR. It's fine. And then they put the video in the VCR. And the, and much like the Family Matters episode, mm-hmm. the VHS ejects forcefully from the VCR and shoots across the room with all the tape hanging, hanging out of it. I don't know how they fixed this tape, but evidently they do. Yeah. Then we cut to, then we cut to Brody and Dorfman who are now trying to fix the VCR again. Yeah. Ricky's saying you guys need to call a repairman. And then... Um... She starts making this video. I guess she's got a camera, um, sets it up with a tripod, and she just can't get words out. Like, she's freezing. She doesn't know what to say. She's having a real tough time. Uh, Brody does fix the you, you did miss. You did miss one thing that we do find out here um, in, in, the, in the interim is that not only does Ricky have to cook larb, but Ricky also is tasked with... Uh, making a costume, a, a Thai princess costume for Sophie. Just a, another thing added to her list of things to do. Yeah, it's a whole lot. Um, this yeah. night on her, this night alone is not going to happen. We know for sure now. But um, she's still getting through all these things. And like while this is all going on too, like people, different people are like picking up the video camera and recording her like while she's having this like crazy day of fixing costumes and making food and like right. just doing her everyday kind of thing. So it seems like Brody might have fixed the VCR at this point. Um, They start watching the other congratulations videos, and Ricky is starting to feel not great. She feels like everyone else is just has a better life than she does and feels that her life kind of blows, as she says it. The other people on the video, one of the women has adopted eight kids from, like, international countries. Another guy is the mayor of Chicago. You've got a guy who left his corporate job to become a monk. And then after a year, he realized that they had this killer butterscotch liqueur recipe. And so he took it and sold it to Seagram's and is now a millionaire and owns the, <laughs> the, the monastery. 
you got a guy who was in the Super Bowl and then this other woman who was a doctor who's like, I can't I can't confirm anything yet, but it looks like I might have cured leukemia. So yeah, she's in she's in tough company. Yeah. So the VCR blows up at this point too. Um Ricky next scene is on the phone trying to find out how to make LARB still. Uh, Brody recording her at this point. Ricky acting like she's already making the LARB. She's already she's she's trying to figure out what's wrong with her because it's it's like just not working. It's not coming out. Yeah, Ricky's acting like the other videos on this uh, tape are not bothering her, but obviously they are. And at this point, too, uh, the doorbell rings and it's a TV repairman who both Danielle and Beth uh, immediately have the hots for. He's a lot. He's a lot nicer than the TV or the the fridge repairman from Family. Matters. I really thought they were gonna set something up where like uh, Ricky was gonna go out with this TV repairman. How she was like complaining about all this stuff, and then he was like, oh, you know, oh, a different here. day, a different day, a different mindset, maybe. But she had too much going on. She was she was not there today. Yeah. So then we have uh, Dorfman giving Ricky some video ideas. He's like, you guys, you should do like morphing, like in the Michael Jackson video where. You could like morph into some blood and then a cherry Slurpee. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but uh, Ricky. Well, it does when he explains it because she says you're a nurse, so you can morph into a bag of blood. I guess like a nurse you know, would work with. Uh, Ricky still having a hard time about everything. Uh, Brody is now upset about this uh, two hundred dollar TV repair bill, which is a lot like what both Family Matters and Dinosaurs, I guess. Yeah, but he's mad. He's mad. Because Ricky didn't ask him to fix it. She he thinks that Ricky should have asked him to fix the TV instead of hiring the repairman and now they have this bill. Yeah. Melissa then comes in, says she's leaving for her tattoo, which Ricky's <laughs> like, uh, no, you're not. And she's like, Yeah, you gave me permission. She's like, No, I didn't. You're not getting a tattoo. Melissa, of course, gets mad. Brody's mad about the whole repairman thing. Uh Melissa comes back she's still mad sophie needs uh ricky for doing everything that she needs to do with the food and everything dorfman's calling japan yeah dorfman's calling japan to figure out how to fix the vcr he's filming at the same time then the phone rings for ricky and uh someone oh, wait, the larb is on fire do we say that the larb caught on fire Catch yeah i think that happens here too um phone rings it's someone at the hospital they need help uh, ricky's like i gotta go i gotta go do this and uh she leaves, but I want to write here. Doesn't want to make oh the video. She still doesn't want to make the video, and she yeah. Says, she's like, I gotta go now. I can't just write return right to sender on it. I'm not right. right exactly. Address unknown or whatever. So then they show Ricky later that night getting back home from the hospital. Um, the video camera is like on a tripod right in front of the TV. So she goes to like turn it on. I guess to th- she's ready to like make a video or something, but. The camera's actually hooked to the TV, and then what plays is all of those videos that the kids have been recording throughout the day of her. So the video is showing like how hard she's working and what her life is like and how good of a mom she is and how she's a problem solver. And then it ends with Ricky really realizing like, all right, maybe I do have a great life. Maybe I do do a lot of things. Maybe I am important. Yeah, yeah, she gets it. It's and it's there's like a clip of of ants where Beth is talking about or uh, Melissa's talking about how ants can lift like fifty times their weight, and obviously it's you know metaphor for the for the work that it's it's a whole thing. It's a whole produced thing. Yeah, and then Ricky turns on the camera and uh, says, "Well, that's my life. I hope yours is as wonderful and rich as mine is. Like happy wedding day or something like that." So 
Her video's done. She feels good about herself. The end of episode. They do leave in the part where she says that everybody else is like, you know, it's not a competition and all these other people are just showing off on the camera, but whatever. Yeah, not a bad one. Nope. All right. So I'm not ready. If you're ready to rank Ooh, them, feel free. Ranking them. Uh, uh, let's see. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to put. I'll do Family Matters at four. I thought these were all fairly decent this week. Family Matters at four. Dinosaurs. Uh, yeah, I'll do Dinosaurs at three. Step by Step at two and Camp Water at one. Uh, only thing I switched was two and three. I've got Family Matters at four, Step by Step at three, Dinosaurs at two, and Camp Wilder at one. It's the first time I've had Camp Wilder at number one. I think two in a row yeah. for you now, right? It is. I, I, you know, there, it's I like not a it. bad show, right? I like it. I wish I wish we had a better quality version because I feel like I'd like it even just a little bit more maybe if I yeah. can make out people's faces. Like, is that time. Beth or Danielle? I can't tell. I mean, I can tell them apart, but it's not it's not ideal. So, uh, Next week on the show, another full week, right? It is another full week. Yeah, we've got Family Matters Season 4, Episode 8, Step by Step, Season 2, Episode 9, Dinosaur Season 3, Episode 7, and Camp Wilder Season 1, Episode 9. Make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFCast. Email your theme song like uh, Guru did, TGIFCast at gmail.com. And uh, you can also send any questions any of those ways. Uh, DM us on any of the social media apps or email us. We're there to answer all of your TGIF questions. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got, uh, we're working on something for hopefully around Thanksgiving that, that, you know, we'll see. Should pan out, hopefully. Fingers crossed. We got some stuff coming up. Stuff. Yeah. So... Cool, man. Um, anything else? Anything Anything else TJF related going on that you can think of? I'm looking at like the cons coming up in uh, the spring. So maybe we'll get out to yeah. a couple of those. There's some good things coming up. There uh, is, but there's not a whole. I mean, the only the biggest thing that I've seen announced so far TJF related is in Richmond. I haven't seen a whole lot. Of, it's not the same level of like family matters. People aren't out there yeah, as much. This I mean, year we've got 90s like. con coming in two different cities this year. We know there's yeah, going to be people. Been, there's going they've to be been people. kind of go in different directions this year, which is fine. I mean, I get it. They're doing different, you know, they're kind of focusing on different shows, but I feel good um, that there will be some TGIF people announced for those. They announced the kid reunion of all the Hocus Pocus, original Hocus Pocus kids. Okay. From nineties con, which is one of which is what's his name. Uh, the, the like best friend guy that we talked to in Richmond. Yeah. I know who you mean. That guy. Yeah. That guy. All right. Well, cool. We'll keep an eye out. We'll let y'all know. Yeah. So, all right. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. Okay, it's about to get down, uh huh. Cause it's Friday night, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, on the Friday. yeah, 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 yeah. It's Friday night, and the time is right. Up and out, get it, get it, cause it's about the time. This is about to go down like it's about the time. So you move, this is right, cause it's about the time. Yeah, it's Friday night, and the time is right. And we're about to get down, cause it's show time. Yeah, it's show time, and it's party time. Let's have some fun, and it's show night. Yes. TBA podcast.